0: Good bone health makes active aging possible. Join us for inspiring conversations from diverse perspectives in osteoporosis from patients, healthcare providers, caregivers, policymakers, researchers, advocates, and innovators. Protect your ability to live your best life. The information and opinions expressed in Bone Talk are not intended to replace the services of trained and qualified health professionals or to be a substitute for medical advice of physicians. You may review the National Osteoporosis Foundation's full medical disclaimer at nof.org.
1: Hi, and thanks for joining us today on Bone Talk. We're excited to get started with some great information and delighted to be joined by a true expert in the osteoporosis field, Dr. Felicia Cosman. But first, let me introduce myself. I'm Dr. Susan Greenspan, the president of the Board of Trustees of the National Osteoporosis Foundation and Professor of Medicine in the Divisions of Geriatrics and Endocrinology at the University of Pittsburgh. Our guest today, Dr. Felicia Kosman, is an osteoporosis specialist, endocrinologist, clinical scientist, and professor of medicine, Columbia University, and co-editor-in-chief of the Journal of Osteoporosis International. The Osteoporosis International is an international multidisciplinary publication that provides a forum for communication and exchange of current research related to the diagnosis, prevention, treatment, and management of osteoporosis and other metabolic bone diseases. So let's get started. I do want to remind the listener that this podcast is part two in our series about strides in osteoporosis treatment and medicine. In the first podcast, you shared a lot of great information about the types of osteoporosis medications that are available. In a very quick recap, Dr. Cosman, will you outline the different types of osteoporosis medications that are available for patients today? Sure, and thanks very much. It's a
2: pleasure to join with you today, Susan. So as you know, we have two general categories of medications. They're called the anti-resorptive medicines. And the anabolic medications. The anti-resorptive medications include estrogens, raloxifene, bisphosphonate medicines, and those are alendronate, risedronate, ibandronate, and zoledronic acid. And we have denosumab. And then there are three anabolic medications, and they are teriparatide, abaloparatide, which was approved in 2017, and the newest romosozumab, which was approved in April of 2019.
1: So what is the difference between an anabolic and an antiresorptive medicine, and why is it important for our listener to understand this difference?
2: Well, the antiresorptive medicines primarily prevent further breakdown of bone tissue, and they can increase bone density somewhat, but they don't actually stimulate the growth of new bone. And in contrast, The anabolic medicines work primarily by increasing the activity and and the formation, the production of the cells that actually form bone tissue. The big difference is that the bone-building anabolic medications are more capable of fixing the fundamental defects that occur in bone tissue in patients with more advanced osteoporosis. And that's both the deficit in the bone mass, as well as the abnormalities in the microscopic structure of bone tissue in people with more advanced osteoporosis.
1: So that's a really important difference. So how do we decide who are the best candidates for these medicines, an anti-resorptive versus an anabolic agent?
2: I think that the best candidates for the anabolic medications are the patients who've already had osteoporosis-related fracture events. And let's remember that, you know, these fractures are not a normal consequence of aging. They're the result of weakened bones that break in simple falls or other, you know, minor incidents, banging into furniture, coughing, sneezing, and, and so forth. And these fractures occur because the bone strength is impaired by both a loss of the mass of tissue and a deterioration in the quality and the, the microscopic structure of the bone tissue. And these patients, who have had osteoporosis-related fracture events already are at very high risk of more fractures. So treatment is really imperative. And in fact, it should be started as soon as possible after the first fracture occurs. About one in 10 people will have another fracture within the very next year after the first, and almost one in five will have another fracture within the next two years. And anabolic medicines provide the most rapid and also the most substantial strengthening effect on bone tissue and reduce the risk of more fractures very quickly. So these are particularly appropriate for patients who have
1: had recent fracture events. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Today, we also want you to tell us about a brand new medicine, Avenity or Romasosumab. What is Avenity and how is this medicine given? Okay. Avenity is actually a monoclonal
2: antibody to a protein in bone that normally puts the brakes on bone growth. And by blocking this protein, bone growth increases. And these monoclonal antibodies cannot be given as a pill. They can't be taken orally. So instead, we administer the medicine as an injection under the skin called the subcutaneous injection. And it's given once per month in the doctor's office or clinic or an infusion center. And then the medicine is administered monthly for about a year. And patients follow up with one of the antiresorptive medicines afterwards to hold the bone strengthening effect of a Zenit-T.
1: That sounds really impressive. This drug also does something that the other drugs don't do working both to build bone, new bone, and also slow down bone loss. Can you help our listener understand the significance of this new treatment?
2: Sure. So as we said, you know, there are two classes of medicines, the anti-resorptives and the, the anabolic. And it turns out that romosozumab or avenity, is a really potent anabolic medicine, but it also has this dual effect. It acts also as an anti-resorptive medicine. The major action is the bone-building one, but the fact that it also resists or inhibits bone breakdown is very important. The other bone-building medicines that we have are also very potent bone-strengthening medications, but they work in part by opening up new remodeling cavities, and these cavities are where most of the bone growth occurs. And for some patients, it might be preferable to build bone without opening up these remodeling cavities. And that's the way that Avenity works. It's important to realize that all of these anabolic medicines are really good choices. They're really beneficial for bone. They strengthen bone quickly. They're appropriate for people who've had osteoporosis related fractures. And it may be that a person could take one of the anabolic medicines at one point in her lifetime, but you know maybe a different anabolic medicine at another point in her life if it's needed. So all of these medicines are really important in our armamentarium against the disease of osteoporosis.
1: Can you tell us about some of the research studies that resulted in approval of amenity? Sure,
2: my pleasure. So Avenity was tested in two very large investigations where fractures were the main outcomes that were evaluated. And these clinical studies were designed to reproduce the way we are using Avenity in the clinical world, where we start with the Avenity medicine and then we follow up with an anti-resorptive medication. And I see it kind of like supplying a big boost To the skeleton to rapidly increase the strength of bone and then maintaining or enhancing the strength and the density with follow-on therapy. So in the first study, there were 7,180 women with osteoporosis who were treated with avenity or a placebo injection. And they received the women who received avenity had big bone density improvements, about 13% in the spine and 7% in the hip. And with this, there were rapid reductions in fracture rates across the skeleton. And then all of the women were transitioned to the antiresorptive medicine, denosumab, or the trait name is prolia. And the bone density increased in both groups at that point, but the group that had received divinity first had continued lower fracture rates than the group that received the placebo first. And then the next big study was called the ARCH study. And that was in over 4,090 women. And all of these women had osteoporosis-related fractures to start with. So this was a particularly high-risk group of women. And these are the, the kinds of women we're really you know, targeting for use of identity in, in clinics. And they were treated with either avenity or a standard anti-resorptive osteoporosis medicine, in this case, alendronate, for one year. And then after the year, the women who received alendronate first transitioned to alendronate and the women who started with alendronate continued it. And the bone density changes at one year were more than twice as large in the avenity group compared to the alendronate group in both the spine and hip. And fractures were significantly lower over the course of the whole trial in all the sites, the spine, the hip, all nonvertebral fractures, all clinical fractures. And this study is really important because it shows without you know, any doubt that Avenity is more effective at strengthening bone and, and improving resistance to fractures compared to standard osteoporosis treatment in this group of very high-risk patients. Who've already had fractures from osteoporosis?
1: Those are really important studies, lots of women, and you explain this so clearly. But like all drugs, there must be some warnings. And what should we let our patients know to understand about possible side effects of Avenity?
2: Well, people need to be aware that they can have some mild irritation at the site of the injection. You can also have allergic reactions, especially in the skin and some rash type response. There's a small chance that the calcium levels in the blood can go down a bit. So it's important that calcium intake is adequate and and if necessary, a calcium and, and vitamin D supplement should be taken as Recommended by your healthcare provider. And then, importantly, in one of the two studies that I mentioned, the ARCH study, the second one, there was a very small increase in the risk of vascular disease events, including heart attacks and strokes. And this was only seen in that study when Avenity was compared with Alendronate. It was not seen in the study where Avenity was compared with the placebo injection. And in the placebo control trial, Heart attack and stroke numbers were in fact the same in in both groups. So there's definitely uncertainty regarding whether there's a possible cardiovascular disease risk with this medication.
1: So with that in view, are there some patients who should not take the medicines or if they are so good, why shouldn't all patients take them?
2: Well, you know, this treatment is obviously much more intensive than taking a a weekly or a monthly pill. And so we certainly wouldn't recommend it for everyone because patients have to come to the doctor's office every month. We want to make sure that it's being recommended to the people who really need it. And again, that's largely the people who've already suffered from osteoporosis-related fractures and particularly when the bone density is very low. Also, because of the uncertainty regarding the cardiovascular risk that we saw in this one trial, we want to avoid giving it to the people who might be at highest risk for these cardiovascular events. So I think the most important group that we would not want to use Ivenity in are women who've had a recent heart attack or stroke within the last year. Those are the people who are at high risk for more of those events, and it just doesn't make sense to put them on evenity. Women who had a cardiovascular event that occurred more than a year before they are being considered for this medicine should discuss the pros and cons with their doctors. And of course, I think whether women choose to take eventity or not, they should do whatever they can to reduce the likelihood of heart disease, taking the, the medicines as needed to reduce heart disease risk to maintain a healthy blood pressure, to maintain a healthy cholesterol and LDL level, healthy blood sugar, and to follow, of course, dietary and physical activity recommendations to reduce the risk of heart disease. And overall, my belief is that if we choose the patients who are at highest risk for fracture and we avoid using Avenity in the patients who are at highest risk for cardiovascular events, we'll be able to optimize both the benefits and the safety of identity.
1: This makes a lot of good sense, but sometimes when our patients come to talk to us, they are overwhelmed with the whole idea of osteoporosis and aren't even sure about what questions they should ask. So are there some specific questions that they should consider About being on osteoporosis medicines or some specific questions that they should ask their healthcare provider? Yes, I I think so. And I, I think the key questions
2: that women should ask are Have I had a fracture from osteoporosis? Do I have any spine or vertebral fractures, which are also a sign of bone fragility and osteoporosis? Or do I need an x ray of the spine to look for these fractures, knowing that? Sometimes they produce minimal or, or no symptoms when they first occur. How low is my bone density? Would I be better off taking a bone building medicine such as Avenity rather than starting with a more standard treatment for osteoporosis, not an antiresource treatment? And what else can I do in addition to taking medication to help strengthen my bones? I think those are the questions that women need to ask at their appointment when they're being evaluated for osteoporosis.
1: Those are great key questions for them to ask. And now I want to ask you one question, which is in your wealth of expertise in this area, are there two top things, two to three top things that our listeners should take away from this podcast today? Yes, a few things. Please remember,
2: fractures that occur with falls and minor trauma are not normal. They're signs of osteoporosis. These fractures have serious consequences that can include disability, sometimes permanent disability, and even death. But osteoporosis can be effectively treated. People who've had recent fractures or who had multiple prior fractures or very low bone density. Will benefit from bone building anabolic agents like paraparatide, abalaparatide, and adenity to build and strengthen bones fast and to rapidly reduce the risk of more fractures and their consequences.
1: Dr. Cosman, thank you so much for sharing your expertise today and giving us all this positive, terrific information. You've certainly helped our listener understand more about osteoporosis medication options, and the questions to ask their healthcare provider. As you leave the podcast today, we encourage you to get additional information, and most importantly, to act. There is a wealth of resources on the National Osteoporosis Foundation website at NOF.org. We are also interested to hear your story, which you can also do at NOF.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we
0: hope you tune in again soon to Bone Talk. Thank you for joining Bone Talk, the National Osteoporosis Foundation's podcast that shares information, strategies, and inspiration about good bone health that makes active aging possible. To learn more about bone health, to become involved, and or help fuel NOF's mission with financial support, visit NOF.org.